Welcome to the Beyond Stuck podcast with Coletta Jones-Patterson, where we feature guests who have overcome the odds and have gotten unstuck. In their words, they share with us practical insight and tips on how to go beyond stuck and enjoy life. On today's episode, our guest is Katherine Rogers. Katherine has been married to her wonderful husband for four years and is mother to their beautiful daughter, who is three, and they are expecting a son this fall. She is currently a math and reading interventionist in Springdale School District. She also co-pastors the Young Adult Ministry with her husband at New Hope Assembly of God in Rogers, as well as is the nursery director. Katherine was raised as a pastor's kid, always making good choices and had a very strong faith in God until she went to college. She decided she was ready to make her own rules and decisions without someone telling her what to do and chose a very rebellious path. Catherine soon became unhappy with where her life was going and rededicated her life back to God. She is now radically changed, set free, and thriving in the goodness of God. Please join me in welcoming Catherine Rogers to today's podcast. Hey, Catherine, welcome to the Beyond Stuck podcast. Hi, Coletta. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me today. And I'm looking forward to hearing you share. And I know you have so much um, that will help our listeners. Well, first of all, let's start with the definition of stuck. So when you think of the word stuck, how would you define it? I would define being stuck as being unable to move. Um, can't go in, can't go out, up, down, side to side. Uh, it's just a place of um, unproductivity. That's a good word, unproductivity. Because a lot of times we feel like we're doing things and we're being productive, but we're really not. Yeah. Not going anywhere. Yeah. So, so thinking about being unproductive, not being able to move, um, how does that relate to you and in what areas were you stuck? So, um, there were two times, there's been two times in my life where I can really recall being stuck and I'll, I'll try to make it short. Um, and the first time was when I was, I think I was like 23 years old. Um, I was, I was really depressed. Um, like really, really depressed. I had really bad anxiety, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I was just feeling in life that my life was unproductive. But when people would ask me, oh, like, so what do you do? You know, I was a full-time college student. I was working a full-time job. Um, I worked at the Arvest ballpark part-time six months out of the year. And I'd pick up babysitting gigs when I could. I hung out with friends. I was out every weekend. Um, you know, I was busy. I was doing a lot. I never, I never not had, I never ha- didn't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't um, look the picture of depressed. <laughs> yeah, I was busy, you know, and I had, you know, you know, I was young and had energy. I, I had friends. And so you know, it always looked like I was having fun. But really, I, I really wasn't happy or fulfilled. Um, mm-hmm. I was also dealing with some major health issues from a tick bite. Um, mm-hmm. And I was kind of trying to figure out, you know, how do I work through this now? I was on all kinds of different medicines. I was in an unhealthy relationship that my family and my parents did not approve of. And so Mm -hmm. because of that, I had kind of cut my family off. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I wasn't serving clearly, um, you know, because of the unhealthy relationship, you know, I wasn't serving the Lord. Um, I wasn't going to church maybe, maybe once a month. 
And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was really running from God. Our family had recently experienced some um, pretty bad church hurt. And I just was mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm just, I'm not done with God. I'm, you know, I was rationalizing in my mind that I wasn't done with God, but I was done mm-hmm. with church. However, mm-hmm. I was intentionally not serving the Lord in my actions. Um, so busy, looked like I had kind of all the things, um, mm-hmm. but really, really, um, and I was failing my classes, obviously, because <laughs> one, I had health issues, two, I had an unhealthy relationship that was, you know, becoming idolized in my life. And then, you know, I just wanted to go out and drink and party and go out on the weekends and go to the bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So busy, yet very unproductive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely very stuck. And then I think you mentioned you had maybe another area in which you were stuck. Yeah. So this one, that was kind of, the first one is kind of where everything turned around for me. That's a little bit of my testimony um, mm-hmm. of where I came out of that and rededicated my life back to the Lord. And then the second time was actually not too long ago. My husband and I had just gotten married and mm-hmm. we had found out that we were pregnant and um, we were broke. We were extremely, <laughs> we were broke, broke. And I had just graduated, you know, think everything in life had turned around for really for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were having a, a baby girl in August and I didn't have a teaching job. And, you know, my husband's working for $10 an hour and mm-hmm. um, we were serving in ministry. Uh, we were youth pastors in Springdale, Arkansas. And so, um, you know, I was still very happy and very blessed, but at the same time, I was like, how can we have, how can I have my husband, you know, all of these things that I had wanted for, yet we have no money. Uh-huh. And I was also in a place that was just, uh, you know, I was just doubting the Lord and like, Lord, how could you have brought me all of these blessings? But then like, but we don't have a way to like put food on the table and buy clothes, you know, the basic mm-hmm. provisions, like how, you know, all of the house, like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and so I, and I was in a play, dry place, um, spiritually because I was really, I looking back, I can see, wow, I was really doubting God, but it was also the best. It was the best thing that ever happened in my relationship with God so far. Mm-hmm. Cause you had to totally depend on him. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> like, where's um, the Lord, I don't know if you want me to share this part yet. I don't know if there's going to be, um, another question, just kind of like how I got out of that. I guess that's one of the next questions is how, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead and go right into it. How so so I'm sorry. It? I'm like jumping ahead. No, you're fine. Um, so do you want me to share it from whenever I was 23 or the more recent one? <laughs> Yeah, let's go back to the yeah. 23. You'll pick that story up. And how'd you get unstuck from the depression, anxiety, and so uh, kind of looking the part, but just, yeah, yeah, not there. Yeah, so I, it looked like I kind of had it all going on. Um, again, just really busy, but I was really depressed. And my unhealthy relationship had ended again. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it was like, you know, the final, like, boom, we're, we're done, done. And anybody that comes from like unhealthy relationships that like, you still don't actually know that it's done um, just because there was a lot of back and forth, but this time it was, it was done, done. And I would just remember like I was sitting in my apartment, it was dark. 
Um, I had like one lamp on and I was just sitting there by myself and I was just crying and crying. I was so depressed. I just wanted to die. Um, mm-hmm. I was, but I also had really bad anxiety. Um, and I just remember like almost pleading God, like, please just let me die. Like take me in a car wreck, but don't let anybody else get hurt. Cause I didn't want other people to get hurt. But I was like, please just take me like, mm-hmm. please just let me die. I can't do this. I'm not I'm not doing anything right. I can't seem to do anything right. Um, even when mm-hmm. I thought I was, you know, doing, even the more I would add onto my plate to be better, uh, you know, it still wasn't the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember just asking God, like, why, why did you, why did you let this happen to me? Why did you let me get to this place? Mm-hmm. And, um, it was almost like God just spoke to me in that very moment, even though I had run so far from him. I just, it was, I heard his voice and he said, I'm allowing you to go through these things because of the choices that you've made. And it was almost like the mm-hmm. last five years. Cause it was after I graduated high school that it really all began. But mm-hmm. the last five years had kind of, had redownloaded of all of the intentional decisions that I made that turned me away from the Lord and, and isolated me from God and from godly people, um, and people who Mm -hmm. loved and cared about me. And so it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I did this to myself. And so I was like, well, how, well, Lord, like, how do I get back from this? What do I do? Mm -hmm. And it was, and then again, I kind of reflected on a time in my life where I wasn't depressed and didn't have anxiety and I was full of joy and hope for the future. Um, and during that time of my life, I was at church. I was serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I read my Bible and I prayed every day and, you know, I still worked. I still had a job and I had friends, but you know, I was, I had good, wholesome fun and not, um, what other people told me was fun. Yeah. And yeah, I wasn't ashamed to tell my family what I did on the weekend. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, like, that's it. So I'm just not going to go out anymore. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to date. I'm going to start seeing my family again. I'm going to go back to church, even though I don't feel like I deserve to be there. I'm going to go back to church. Um, You know, I won't let anybody get close to me because, you know, people from church can hurt me. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, was like, I'm going to go back to church every Sunday. Doesn't matter how tired I am. I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to pray every day. Like I just had made that commitment and just that night. I was like, okay, this is it. Like if it gets like, it can't get any worse than this. Cause if it does, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to church. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray every day. I'm not going to date anymore. I'm not going to drink anymore. And I'm going to start calling my parents. I'm going to make time to see my family. Mm. And, um, and that was the breaking point for me of being stuck in what the world defined as like being successful and fun and enjoyable to just thriving in becoming and striving to be a woman of God. Yeah. To kind of, um, you found yourself lost. And so basically getting back on track is what it sounds yeah. like. And, and you knew that that was going back to the Lord and going back to church. And so what was that process like? I mean, after you kind of been away from him, um, you know, how do you restore that relationship? With um, him? You know, there's a lot, I, I feel like there was a lot of steps um, of liberation mm-hmm. um, because there's habitual 
lifestyle habits that I had made during those mm-hmm. seasons. Um, you know, the, just what I defined as fun and, um, you know, the world says, do what makes you happy. And I listened mm-hmm. to that and I followed that for about three or four years. No, do what makes me happy. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. And, um, I, I did what made me happy. Mm-hmm. And, but that what makes me happy or it makes us happy is not honoring to God or what it's very, um, impulsive, a lot of impulsive decisions, um, not thinking of the consequences of actions. How am I going to feel, mm-hmm. um, about myself after putting myself in this certain type of atmosphere? Um, mm-hmm. and so there was that, um, overcoming church hurt. Um, you know, I had to change from having a victim mentality to, I'm not a victim anymore, but I'm a victor. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, going from, you know, running away from God and running away from going to church to, um, well, I'll go to church, but I'm never going to be in ministry because God had called me to ministry at 14 to, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll be in ministry court. Lord, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. So there was a lot of steps, um, actually James McDonald I don't know a lot about of all of his teachings but Mm -hmm. he had I had listened to a sermon of his it's called renewing your mind and that was a transformational sermon for me to get out of making bad choices when it came to dating um, Mm -hmm. and putting myself just in positions where like I was just make, making bad dating choices, basically. Right. Um, and um, also like just drinking as well. I wasn't an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but I drank a lot. Like that was like my go-to. Um, yeah. And so there, were, I think there was just a lot of steps of, um, you know, forgiveness, um, mm-hmm. you know, repentance, asking God to forgive me. Um, you know, a huge part of repentance is, you know, we also, this is another phrase that the world throws out there is, um, uh, talking about like having mistakes and, um, mm-hmm. not regretting everything. Cause you know, mistakes are okay. And you learn from your mistakes. Yeah. We learn from our mistakes, but repentance, <laughs> they cost you something. Right. And <laughs> yeah. to have a repentive heart as a Christian, as a believer to repent of our sins means we have to hate the sin that we committed. I'm so thankful yeah. that the Lord brings beauty from ashes, but I hate my sin. I hate the sin that I had mm-hmm. committed in the past. And so that's what repentance is. And I had to really repent. I had to hate my sin, even though I learned a lot from the sin, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had to hate it and turn from it. And so I think repentance yeah. and forgiveness was also a huge part that played um, in that transformational season. Mm-hmm. So in lots of ways, you had to say yes to the Lord and then and no to flesh, you know, Mm -hmm. which can be very difficult. And it is a process. It's not always just an overnight thing. But, you know, we have the Holy Spirit that walks through that process with us of repenting and turning towards him. Um, So looking back now that you've, you know, you've fully given your life over to the Lord, you're walking in purpose. How is your life different now? And then we'll go back and pick up on. Um, after getting married and, you know, the financial struggles, but we'll finish out this example first. So how is it different? I think every, you know, everything's different. The way I approach just, you know, I'm in ministry now. I told God at that time in my life, like, well, I'll, I'll go to church, but I'm not going to do ministry. And um, ministry is my passion outside of my marriage and my children. 
uh, ministry is the other thing that I am the most passionate about. And so, um, you know, I, I, I look at certain circumstances in life as, um, well, I'm going to learn from this. The Lord's going to teach me something through this rather than mm-hmm. throwing my hands up in the air and giving up. Yeah. Um, just knowing like, okay, well, the Lord's got a plan. It's going to be okay. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, and that kind of transitions into the next, um, you know, season of being stuck. Um, yeah. Where we were, we were really broke. We didn't really know how we were going to make ends meet. Um, I had finally gotten to, you know, I was, I had worked a lot. Like I'd said before I worked, um, I'd worked a lot of jobs, had a lot of money saved up. And then, um, uh, when I got married, it just, I don't want to say it disappeared, but we were paying a lot of money towards bills. Like when you're trying to start a life together, there's a lot of down payments Mm -hmm. on things and, um, you know, starting up bills and, you know, going on your honeymoon costs money. And so, and I was doing my student teaching. So a lot of my savings had drained during my student teaching. And then our first, um, just few months of marriage, because we were trying to get, you know, rent started and our bills started. And so all of that work, Mm -hmm. all that hard work in college, I'd saved up all that money. Boy, it was gone really fast. And then we were pregnant and it's, you know, July and, you know, school starts in August. I I applied for every teaching position out there and I'm getting nothing. And um, I had, I heard about one in Fayetteville and I'm like, I go online and I'm about Mm -hmm. halfway through and I'm get halfway through the, the application. And it's almost like I heard God say, haven't I told you that I would provide for you? Cause somebody had, we had been <laughs> prophesied over more than once that the, and the desire of my heart was to stay home, but financially it looked impossible. And somebody had yeah. prayed over and said, the Lord's going to provide for you in an abundant way. Um, and he's going to give you the desire of your heart. And I was like, well, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't see it. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, Lord, you know, I was asking that. And I'm like, well, how are you going to do that? Can you give me a little bit more details? And, um, had to apply for WIC and Medicaid and all these things. And those things aren't bad. All of that is good because it's there to help people need. We were in serious need, but I never thought I would have to. That's why I went to college. That's why Mm -hmm. I had an emergency account. That's why I was pretty much debt free, except for my last two years of college where I had to take out some loans. I'd gone through college and had paid for everything cash and worked really hard. And so I was like, how did I get here? You know, I, Lord, like yeah. the past few years, like I had been redeemed. I was serving the Lord. I had married a godly husband. We, I was in the will of God. And, I, but you know, the, the future of provision looked very bleak. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I had just come to terms that I was going to get to stay home, not have to stay home. I was going to get mm-hmm. to stay home with my daughter and um, that the Lord was just going to provide for us. And I, ha- I had to trust that he was going to do that because he promised me that he would. And so um, mm-hmm. I remember driving in the car and I said, I was talking to the Lord and I said, Lord, okay, you're going to allow me to stay home with our daughter, which is really the desire of my heart was to stay home with her. Um, mm-hmm. how, how can I, I'm going to give myself and my time back to you. What, what is this next season of spiritual growth going to look like? Now I was in a dry season spiritually, even though all of, all of the good things were happening, 
you know, we were youth past. We had just gone on as youth pastors. We're married. We're about to have a baby. Even though we were broke, all the other things were going. We had a lot of good things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, but Lord, what do you want me to learn? What am I supposed to do during the season? What's, what's the focus? What's the purpose of the season? And the Lord just said, I want you to praise me. And I said, mm-hmm. and I just was like, okay. And so I had kind of gone down these one or two different routes of what is, you know, how am I going to praise the Lord during this season? And you know how you, you kind of start on a project or a vision. You're like, nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. Uh-huh. And so I went back to my prayer room and I said, okay, Lord, uh, I need a little bit more of a vision. You want me to praise you? What does that look like? You know, I had grown up mm-hmm. in church, um, but what does praise look like? And he revealed to me the difference between uh, Thanksgiving and praise. What's the difference between Thanksgiving and praise? You know, Thanksgiving is to be grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, you receive, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, to be humbled before him to say, oh, thank you. Um, and to be gracious, whereas mm-hmm. praise is, it's like giving God a high five. Um, you know, praise mm-hmm. is God, you're awesome for this. You're amazing for that. Um, you know, I praise you for these things, you know, to, to lift him up and to glorify his name in, um, you know, in your praises. And I said, okay, that's praise. And then he said, 40 days of praise. So for mm. f- which 40 days had really turned into more because I was doing it every day. I had started doing it and I couldn't stop. And, um, so I had, I basically had this mini devotional that I had written out on my phone and every day I would start off by saying, I choose to praise the Lord for, and then fill in the blank. And then truly like the word that the Lord, it would just be an inspired word of what I chose to praise him for that day. Because there was really, there Mm -hmm. were some days or the next week we're like, well, we don't know how we're going to pay for groceries. We have $20 left in our, in our account. How are you going to get to get to work and eat? And yeah. you know, how, are, how are we going to eat? And um, anyways, it was um, it was life changing in the sense of I learned how to praise the Lord in a situation that looked doubtful. Every day looked like it was it was mm-hmm. doubtful. You know, how are we going to pay our bills? Um, and um as, as time went on, it was just like, I don't know, I don't care anymore. You know, it was, yeah. I really, I had throat and praise taught me just how to surrender. Cause you know, we, we have a very, mm-hmm. the way our society is so busy, you know, we pride mm-hmm. ourselves on, you know, busyness, having a lot of things on our plate, prepare, being prepared, mm-hmm. having preparedness, you know, going to bed, you know, before you go to bed, do these things before you go to bed. When you wake up early, have this morning routine so you can have a prepared day. Good things in being prepared. It's mm-hmm. very good. Um, but sometimes we get so prepared, we begin to control we try, so we try to start yeah. controlling every little thing in our life. And the Lord just really, truly mm-hmm. taught me just surrender. And, yeah. um, you know, when you're giving God a high five, if you're giving somebody a really good high five, you put both hands up in the air and you guys are, you know, slapping each other, but you know, you guys, it's not just a high five, it's a high 10. And, um, yeah. you know, I put my hands up. I had both hands up in the air praising and just in complete surrender. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes Logan would come to me. He goes, <laughs> you know, again, presenting, you know, a situation that looked so like, Hey, we only have mm-hmm. like $10 left in our account. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, these are the next bills that are due and I don't get paid until the end of the week. And I would just be like, I don't know. 
God's got it. It's yep. going to be okay. And, um, and he mm-hmm. would, he would like miraculously provide for us. People would be like, Hey, I was praying for you. And I feel like I was supposed to give you a hundred dollars or, um, every night. I remember there was one, uh, one week, every night during the week, um, somebody had invited mm-hmm. us over to their house for dinner and our church had mm-hmm. a big breakfast potluck. Yeah. And so there was tons of bacon and eggs left over. So I froze the bacon and eggs keep forever. So we ate eggs and bacon. Uh, yeah. For about a month. He sustained like you. <laughs> um, and so it yeah. was just all of those things. All five, I was like, I don't know. It doesn't matter anymore. And I going into mm-hmm. future situations, um, you know, we've had a few situations where like, well, how's this going to work out? Um, and I finally just was like, I don't know. I've done everything I can do that I'm supposed to do on my side, whether it's financially or just time, how things are supposed to be timed out perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I just have finally said, I don't know. I've done everything that I know that I'm supposed to do in being obedient to the Lord. And he's just going to, he's going to work it all out for us. And that mindset and that mm-hmm. obedience to praise the Lord, um, it encouraged my husband too. And so he mm-hmm. kind of also has that like, yeah, you know what? You're right. God's going to take care of us. And so we have this freedom. It truly is. It's very freeing to say, okay, I trust the Lord. Just yeah. like, I don't know. I've done everything I can. I've done everything he's asked me to. And this mm-hmm. is the next season of my life. And here we go. And so, yeah. And it really lifts the, yeah, lifts the pressure and the burden because it's not yeah. on me to fulfill this. Like, yeah. this is about God. So however he does yeah. it, I don't care. And he's like, I'm not, you know, it's even, um, you know, even this upcoming season, I'm probably going to be at home again. And, you know, there's some financial things mm-hmm. and just timing of how certain things are going to work out when the baby gets here and all of that. It's just like, I don't know. I'm doing everything I can. <laughs> we're doing everything we're supposed mm-hmm. to do. I'm not going to add 50 more things on my plate to try and figure it all out. Like I'm Mm -hmm. doing everything I'm supposed to do. And when I hear from God to do something new or opens up a different door, then I'll walk through that door. And so it's. Yeah. Taking it one day at a time. There's so much liberty that 40 days of praise Mm -hmm. um, completely changed and transformed in how I um, and how I approach the Lord in times of need or of house. Like, how is this? Mm -hmm. Or what if this? And it completely changed Mm -hmm. how I approached the Lord in those situations of feeling frustrated and like, how would, you know, just feeling really just feeling frustrated and stuck. I mean, that's frustrated would be a synonym for stuck. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's turning your, uh, or having a different perspective, you know, um, so turning to praise instead of turning to mm-hmm. worry or turning to doubt or turning to fear, you know, those things that get us stuck. So I love that the 40 days of praise, because it really does um, refocus your attention on where it should be, which is on the Lord and how he's going to choose to do it. And what I love is you said, you know, I still don't know how this is going to work out for this upcoming season, but because you've already seen him do it before. Yeah, he'll do it, it really again. is. There's so much. It's so, it's so it, awesome. it really is. There's so much liberty in overcoming fear. Like there's just, there's a lot, mm-hmm. um, the Lord set me fear, uh, set me fear, set me free from anxiety and depression when, back when I was, you know, 23 mm-hmm. and I rededicated my life back to him. And so there's times where mm-hmm. I can, I can sense, you know, anxiety or fear, 
you know, those, the spirit of anxiety, the spirit of fear, trying to creep up on me and put those, put thoughts of doubt in my head. And, um, I can, Mm -hmm. you know, you sense it early on. I'm like, nope, nope, not going to start thinking that way. Yep. And really turning to scripture, even when COVID happened, um, just being alone and isolated, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the enemy is able to creep in and put doubt and worry and, well, where is God in this? And I had a day where I was thinking, Mm -hmm. I had about two or three days where I was thinking, well, God, where are you? And I had gone to the Mm -hmm. prayer, I had prayed and prayed and I, and the Lord said, you need to go make a list of, um, all of this, all of the doubt and then find scripture that, um, uh, debunks that doubt (laughs) of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, well, my pot, you know, I, I keep going on to finances, but it's not just that, but you know, well, they hurt me, you know, I have unforgiveness and they hurt me, but mm-hmm. the scripture says that I'm to forgive so that he can forgive me. And so yeah. taking doubt or doubtful type thoughts and finding scripture that debunks the fear. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it down. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know where I put it. I should have saved it, but I just wrote kind of the opposite, what I was feeling in that moment and what the Lord says about me or what the Lord mm-hmm. says about my situation. And I wrote it all down and I was like, oh, I'm free. I was just, you know, as soon as I was yeah. done, I was like, oh, I have no fear anymore. And so I have no fear. I have no, mm-hmm. I have no doubt. The yeah. Lord is in this. I, can, I may not see it, but he says that he is in this. And so, you know, there's freedom. There's liberty mm-hmm. and surrender. And there's freedom and praise because it takes my perspective. It takes my, on my situation to, oh, God is good. He's good. And he, he will provide for all of my yeah. needs mentally. He provides for all of my needs emotionally. He provides for all of my needs physically. He, he is enough and he is sufficient for me. He's sufficient mm-hmm. for you. He's sufficient to anybody that gets to listen to this podcast. He is sufficient. He's more than enough and he will supply your every need and completes every fiber of your being. Yes, more than enough and provides for everything and not just the big things, but like you said, the little things that we need every day, he provides. Um, So you've already given us lots of wonderful advice, but what would you like to leave with the listeners? Maybe something you haven't hit on yet that would help them get unstuck. Um, I, I would just say, praise the Lord. Um, If you haven't, um, uh, the 40 days of praise transformed my relationship with God as a Christian growing up in church, having, um, you know, knowing the Bible, reading the Bible, having a firm walk with God. I would say that I still, I, even back then I had a, mm-hmm. I had a firm walk with God, with the Lord. Cause I was a mature Christian, even in my teen years intentionally chose to fall away. And so the mm-hmm. redemption process was very quick and, um, it was, I mean, it yeah. was night and day. I mean, I was on fire and it was almost like I had picked up where I left off when I was, you know, from when I was 18, it was almost like there was no time had even gone by, um, in the sense of like the spiritual growth. Mm. Um, and so whenever I hit this 40 days of praise, it was absolutely transformational in my walk with God because it has for the rest of my life, I can keep whatever I, what I learned in that season of just trusting the Lord and praising him for one. Um, Mm-hmm. and feeling stuck, um, being intentional about talking to the Lord, um, and reading your Bible every day, even when you're reading your Bible and you're like, well, this isn't getting, this isn't speaking to me. I have no idea how to apply this to my life. Just doing it anyways, because he's mm-hmm. faithful 
and the Lord sees us being faithful in difficult seasons. And, you know, we think like, well, this isn't, yeah. you know, I just want to be real and authentic. And this is just how I feel. And I just don't feel like this is applying to me and I don't want to be fake. So I'm not going to read it. You know, I feel like I'm just forcing something mm-hmm. and, and the Lord just kind of, it looks at, I feel like the Lord just looks at us like, no, just read it anyways. Just be faithful. Just do it anyways, because just keep doing the do. Um, mm-hmm. When our, when our seasons seem dry, I think that, um, again, praising the Lord and being faithful in reading the word and praying mm-hmm. and um, going against our emotions and just being obedient in what seems like the mundane, because mm. um, sometimes the mundane can seem fruitless, but the mundane also shows our faithfulness to the Lord. Yeah. And so um, I think I would, I would go with that. Just praise the Lord, be faithful and give him praise. Yeah. Well, I love that 40 days of praise that will get you unstuck out of anything. Oh. If you can focus on praising him, <laughs> just getting up with the praise on your lips every day. That is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So how can listeners reach out to you if they want to connect or um, want you to pray with them? How can they um, reach you? Social media is great. I'm on Instagram. um, And my name is Catherine underscore Rogers, Rogers with a D R O D G E R S. And then Catherine Rogers on Facebook. Um, Social media is a great way to get a hold of me. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for sharing these couple of ways that you have gotten unstuck and all that God is continuing to do in your life. Thank you for the time and for inspiring us today. Yes. Thank you so much for asking. I've been honored to be uh, on the podcast this evening. Well, thank you again. And we're looking forward to seeing what God does in your life. Listeners, just keep moving forward. Be faithful because God is faithful. Amen.